Hi, you're listening to Becoming Unapologetically Me, where you will hear all about gaining confidence through mindset, energy, and structures, and how to use that to live life and business truly on our terms. We're going to meet some amazing guests on this journey who will share their stories candidly with us. We're delving into the often hidden and taboo subjects of trauma, abuse, illness, grief, and more but making sure to always focus on how to transform these experiences into personal growth and expansion. my lovelies and wow what an exciting day it is today this is the first episode of my podcast becoming unapologetically me and it feels a bit like christmas and my birthday and being a kid in a sweetie shop all rolled into one so it's so wonderful to be here and so wonderful to have you join me as well so i'm excited so excited to share this journey with you and to really hopefully inspire you and motivate you and hopefully we'll have the odd giggle along the way as well so i thought i would really introduce myself a little bit better during the episode today and teach you or let you know a little bit about me and who I am and what I stand for and really why this podcast is seeing the light of day because of course everybody has a story but but why have I chosen to to share mine through this vehicle my podcast is really aimed at people who kind of feel like there's a little bit more trapped inside them that hasn't been able to find the way out. I work a lot with coaches in my coaching practice, but I think that this is going to appeal to more people than that who feel like there's something trapped inside them that hasn't been able to get out. And maybe despite having tried a few different things, it still hasn't found its way out, but you know it's in there and you know it wants to come out. And so why is it still stuck inside and how do we let it see the light of day? And the reason I know all about this is because of my own personal journey and what I've been through over the last goodness knows how long. So I'm 45 now, but um, my story starts, well, obviously starts 45 years ago, but actually where I'm going to pick up is post-university and as I started my career. So I found myself in a managerial position at work quite quickly. Um, so I always just naturally dropped in and slotted into the the servant leadership style, even though back at the beginning of the 2000s, I don't think that was really a thing then. But it's just always been my my natural style to open gates for people and to enable others to achieve what they need to achieve. I'm definitely not a command and control type of person at work or in any context, in fact. So it was always very natural to me to just start opening doors and naturally through questioning and through challenging. And so maybe you could say I was just naturally a coach just through who I am and how I managed to progress through my career and through life in general. And it's always really, really inspired me to see 
other people's confidence bloom. So in 2005, I started working in a management consultancy position and I was working in central government, in NHS, in big blue chip companies across the UK. And my remit was very much to train teams from within those organizations to be able to deliver operational excellence whatever that looked like for each organization, but to deliver operational excellence for their organization. And so I wasn't there to do it as such, but much more to take a team of people who never probably heard of most of what I was talking about and to support them and develop them and build them into a team who could then fly with that when I left and moved on to my next contract. And that wasn't the career that I set out to do by any stretch of the imagination, but it was so fulfilling and really opened something up inside of me that said, actually, my life path is all about helping people and about empowering people and helping people to transform their lives. And when you see the smile on someone's face when they're achieving something that they never thought they could do, honestly, money can't buy that. It really, really can't. But like I mentioned, that wasn't my original intended career path. So back when I was about seven or eight and at school, obviously, every break time, lunchtime, I would meet up with a friend of mine who was actually in the year above me and much to the school's disgust that we were having a a cross-year friendship. But we sat there every single break time, every single lunchtime, and we planned our vet's practice. So she was going to do the small animals and I was going to do the large animals, but not cows. I decided definitely not cows. I know they're big animals, but I'm not doing cows. And she used to say to me, but you have to do cows because they're big animals. And you know, what about if people have cows and they need them to come to the vet? And I said, no, I'm playing this game by my rules and I am not doing cows. So that was the way that our vet's practice was going. We designed the logo, which was a a mixture of our initials. Every single detail of this vet's practice was planned. And it only really fell down when I got to about 13 and realized that science wasn't my strong point. (laughs) And so the training for a veterinary practice was going to be somewhat challenging, given that science was neither mine nor her strong points. But never mind, we move on. And I found a different career path. And okay, not helping animals, but helping people. And that's really where I've continued my career. And ever since I got that kind of light bulb moment in 2005, that this was really what motivated me and the direction that I really had to take my career because it was so, so important. And my career literally was going from strength to strength. Every promotion I wanted, I got. If there wasn't one available, then There were a few that were created for me and I was zooming up the career ladder and life was literally fantastic. I felt like nothing could stop me, nothing could hold me back and yeah, flying physically, metaphorically, and it was amazing. But then in September 2006, things started to go 
awry, shall we say. I got married in July 2005. And in September 2006, my dad had given us a belated honeymoon. And we went to South Africa, where he lived, to the Kruger National Park and went on a safari there. My word, if you ever get the opportunity to do it, it was such a beautiful experience. So, so amazing. Seeing all these majestic, beautiful creatures in, yes, a park, but the biggest park that you can possibly imagine. You can't find the edges. So really in their natural environment. And we stayed in this tree house in the evening, like nighttime, slept in a tree house and had communal barbecues or brais in South Africa. And just the most, most wonderful experience. I even walked into a giraffe one day, but that's definitely a story for another day. So yeah, it was an absolutely brilliant, amazing, eye-opening, life-changing experience. And Kruger is near to Johannesburg in the north of South Africa. And my dad lived in Cape Town, right down in the the southwest corner. And so when we'd finished our safari, my dad came and he picked us up. And then we drove back across South Africa, basically, to get back to Cape Town, which again, absolutely amazing experience. And if you get the chance, I really, really recommend it. When I left South Africa and came back to the UK. My dad became ill and he thought he had contracted hepatitis because he stayed in what he called a dodgy motel on the way up to Kruger when he was picking us up. And we stayed in nice places on the way back, but he'd stayed in this dodgy place. And so he thought he contracted hepatitis. But to cut a long story short, it wasn't hepatitis. It was pancreatic cancer. And so he and my stepmom told me about this and I wasn't really worried. The only experience I'd had of cancer up until that point was a couple of people in my family or extended family who had breast cancer. And yeah, it was a bit grotty for a while, but they had always got better. And so that's what I thought the experience was going to be with my dad, that he was going to have a hard few months, but everything would be okay in the end. If any of you know anything about pancreatic cancer, then you'll know that that is a highly unlikely route for pancreatic cancer. And he actually followed textbook for pancreatic cancer. And six months after he'd found out, he sadly died. So that was in March 2007. And I was devastated. I didn't know my dad very well. And he'd been overseas all my life growing up. And I just felt that the world was starting to get a bit smaller with email and Skype at the time and, you know, things like that, that were allowing me to get to know my dad, as well as him getting to a stage where he was hoping to work a bit less and come over to the UK a bit more. And, you know, we were really starting to get to know each other. Yes, it was a little bit late in life. I think I was coming up for 30, but finally we were getting to know each other. So I was devastated that I didn't really then get to know my dad a little bit, of course, but not nearly as well as I would have hoped. But then in April 2008, my mum wasn't feeling very well. She went for various tests with the doctors and having 
discounted pregnancy in my mum of when she was in her mid fifties and having had a hysterectomy, they sadly also diagnosed my mother with pancreatic cancer literally one year after my dad had died. And this time I knew what I was going to expect. I knew what the road was going to look like. And again, my legs were knocked out from underneath me. And sure enough, then in September 2008, my mum also died. And I absolutely reeled from this experience. I had grief counselling, which just stirred up a bit of a hornet's nest, to be honest. And I don't think I was ready for it. And things just went from bad to worse, basically, within my life. Except I did have two children in 2009 and 2011, and they're the most wonderful things, people in my life, always have been and continue to be so. I also started a business which was launched in 2009, at the same time as having my first child. And then in 2012, went to a physical bricks and mortar building business as well. So I was doing all that a long time, alongside becoming a mother and still trying to recover from the grief of losing both of my parents. And this was just playing out in all sorts of different ways in my life. And I'm sure we will look at these over the weeks and the next few months as, you know, as we get to know each other better through this podcast. And in 2017, my marriage broke down and ended up in a divorce. So I'd gone from 2009, effectively, 2007, certainly, that I was flying high and literally nothing could go wrong in my life to the next 10 years playing out and everything that happened across those 10 years. And I can only describe it as being a, a shadow of my former self. If you'd stood those two people from 2007 and 2017 next to each other, you wouldn't have even said they were the same person either from what was going on inside my head or physically or in any shape or form. I was just fundamentally changed. And of course, you would expect that given what I'd been through. So I got really, really fascinated and curious about mindset and the role that it plays in our life. And that's really what brings this story up to where we are now, because over the last five years, I've used everything that I've learned. Well, I started learning about mindset for my own healing, first and foremost. And then I actually realized that I, I am actually quite good at science, despite having not made it as a vet in my vet career. But Actually, understanding the science of the brain and how the brain works and how all the different parts of the brain work has been something that has fascinated me, inspired me and motivated me to completely change that trajectory. So I really was faced with a crossroads in 2017 as carry on this way, potentially not even carry on this way. It was that bad at times. or You've got two children, two children who are looking to you for their role model, their inspiration, their motivation, how they are going to shape into adults. And that was it. That was all the motivation that I needed to say, I'm not going this path 
I'm turning right here and I'm following the mindset, the healing, the recovery route, because this is more important. It's important for more than just me. This is important for my children as well. And so that's what I've been doing for the last five years. And that's really what I want to share through this podcast with you is the twists and turns, the journey, the experiences that I've had over those last five years because it's been mind-blowing, quite frankly, and what I've learned and discovered and the people that I've met on this journey as well has been so beautiful and so inspiring that I kind of felt selfish to keep it to myself. And I thought, you know what? There's other people who are sitting at that crossroads that I was sitting at in 2017. And if I can inspire you to let that true version of yourself out and to see the the big bad world or the big wide world and all the fun that that version of you can have when it's released, then that's why I'm here. That's why I'm sharing this with you. Because the journey, don't get me wrong, it's been tough at times. It really has. But it's been beautiful and such a beautiful learning experience, getting to know myself and to learn about myself and to learn, actually, I'm not just a passenger in this thing called life. I can really make a difference and impact the journey that I take through life. And so this is really what I'm going to share with you as we progress through this podcast. And I mentioned some of those amazing, amazing people that I've met on this journey. And I'm going to be inviting them in as well to share their story because each and every person that I have met on this journey has their own amazing story to share. And I think some of these stories will bring tears to your eyes. Others will have you laughing. Others will have your jaw on the floor with amazement. So I'm really excited to share their stories with you as much as I'm excited to share everything that I have been through. There was a point, I suppose, that was really, really pivotal in 2020. And it actually started with someone reading a quote out. And you know, when you hear something for an enti- in an entirely different way, So I'd heard this quote before, probably quite a few times, but this day I heard it completely differently. So this is the Marianne Williamson quote that says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. It's not just in some of us, it is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And I absolutely love this quote. It really embodies everything about my journey, everything about why I've kept going when it's been hard. And again, why I want to share that with you. Yes, I could play small, I suppose. 
but it's really not in my nature. And it doesn't serve the world by me playing small. And nor does you playing small serve the world. So that's what I want to inspire in you through this podcast is that ability to shine whatever way you are meant to shine, but to know that, yes, it can be scary at times. Definitely it can be scary at times, but that's okay. We all get scared. And to know that we can do things when we're scared, because that's how it's worked for me. It's how it's worked for hundreds and thousands of other people. And it can also work for you in that way as well. I was listening to something the other day and they said this question, where does your real self get to breathe? And I thought that's such such an important question. I know uh, I was one of those children who was always very good at school. I did as I was told, was good at, you know, what my parents told me to do, what my teachers told me to do, what my grandparents told me to do. I was very well behaved. Yes, of course I had my moments and I'm sure we'll talk about more of those, but I always did what was expected of me. And that created this huge inner conflict because I was trying to be a square peg in a round hole. It just didn't fit so often. And I realized as part of my journey since 2017 that I spent 40 years trying to be something that everyone else wanted me to be and not be who I wanted to be. And so that's where the inspiration for the name Becoming Unapologetically Me came from, because that's the journey that I'm on. And I hope it's a journey that I can inspire in you as well, so that you can become unapologetically you as well. Because when we lift the shame from everything that we think we should be and where we don't quite measure up to other people's expectations of us, then life starts to really open up. Then you get to live life on your terms. Then you get to call the shots. And if I do nothing else for the rest of my time in this world, I just want to inspire people to stand in their power and to be who feels comfortable for them, not to be something or someone that everyone else expects. I was talking to a friend about this the other day and how the Instagram life is so, so challenging where we're all expected to live a certain glossy looking life from the outside. But when that really conflicts with who we are inside, and actually we don't want to live that life of living in suburbia, two children, you know, if that just isn't your thing, then having that power and that confidence to step into exactly what is your thing. And that's the journey I'm on. It is a journey. I'm not at the destination, but every day I'm becoming more and more unapologetically me. And I really want to share this journey with you to inspire the same in you because we're handcuffed by our shame so often. When I was first thinking about 
taking my journey and creating it into something that can help other people. Those breaking handcuffs was the image that came into my mind. And that's the journey I want to share with you through my experiences and stories and through my friends. And I've got some amazing people that are lined up to be guests on this podcast. And I think they will inspire you so, so much as well. So I really encourage you to to keep coming back and to keep joining in this conversation because the freedom in becoming unapologetically you, whatever that looks like for you, is just amazing. And you can't even possibly imagine what life feels like in that space at the moment, but let's go there together. Let's learn together. Let's grow together and let's experience that freedom together. And I'm excited to share your journey and I hope you're excited to share mine with me because it's a beautiful, beautiful place to be. And I'm so, so excited to be having this space where we can have this conversation and I can't wait to speak to you again. So until we meet next time, keep becoming unapologetically you. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening today. And I hope you found this discussion inspiring, thought-provoking, and motivating. Please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and any comment you think pertinent. And why not share the love by telling your amazing friends all about it too. Making a high-quality podcast like this takes a lot of work. That's a fact. But not when you hire Copus. With our White Glove experience, we handle everything for you. From guest outreach all the way through to publishing and promotion, we handle it all. You show up to hold great interviews and build relationships with your guests, and we take care of everything else. Podcasting is not just about the audience. Every podcast interview is the start of a new relationship. With a weekly podcast, you would build relationships with 52 ideal partners or prospects through your podcast interviews over the next 12 months. Do you believe that 52 new relationships would grow your business? We do. Contact Jason at copus, K-O-P-U-S dot com and let's talk.